0: the devil's ball the podcast where we talk about horror and genre films in a positive and constructive manner i'm samuel Newman, and with me as always is my co-host uh nathaniel johnson how you doing tonight man I'm
1: doing okay yeah doing okay yeah doing i uh, yeah i adopted uh yet another stray cat since we last right. talked and uh um, oh that's right you're up to yeah three and now. i'm not i'm up to three now i'm out of my mind and right. um it's uh it's a uh, it's kind of a waking nightmare but it's uh <laughs> But no, they're they're good cats. I mean, like everybody's. Right. They they still don't like each other that much yet. But there's right. um there's progress being made. They're but, learning to get along. Yeah, somewhat. Right. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, they're doing okay. But the new the new cat the new cat's a younger uh, tabby. I'm almost certain is related to Emily, my last my the last right. stray I took in. And they're doing okay. Pearl is the one who's a little bit like, fuck you, like. Right. But, um, but yeah, no, they're doing, uh, they're doing all right. But, um, Mm -hmm. but the new cat, she's very sweet and very, very cuddly and it's, it's, she's nice. So it's, it's good, but three is hard and um, you know, I don't know if I'm doing a particularly good job, but uh, I also aware of the uh, logic that the fact that I'm concerned about doing a good job probably means I'm Mm -hmm. doing a good job right you know like but everybody's happy i think they're all very happy to have homes so i mean right. it's you know it's good but how are you doing you've been you've still been plugging along with your uh your grieving process you're doing okay yeah i'm yeah. doing
0: all right doing all right you no know, it's uh it's a process um yeah it's not a not an a to b process For unfortunately you know there's good days and bad days
1: if only it were uh
0: yeah. right yeah it'd be yeah. pretty Be pretty great if it was that way mm-hmm. but uh it's not. Yeah. Um Yeah, you know, so I've been watching a lot of Twin Peaks to uh get me keep me out of the uh the depression.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say that's a good area. that's an interesting choice to keep right. out of depression. But yeah, um you <laughs> know, it's uh but no, it's a it's a great show to watch. It's uh, definitely for a, a good right. comfort food kind of thing. So Oh for sure. You know,
0: yeah. But anyways, uh, for our uh first episode, this is the first episode, right?
1: We skipped
0: one. Yeah. Yeah, this we're is coming back episode of our we're coming back to it we're coming back to uh the haunting but uh we're doing remakes this month of uh well it would be all 90s 90s remakes but this one's the outlier <laughs> yeah 88. uh yep we're doing the blob and we have a very special guest uh with us tonight uh, from uh strange highways we have Terry Witherspoon how you doing today man
2: I'm doing great, guys. it's uh, it's an exciting day. I finally get to right. talk to you guys about this movie. I've been uh looking forward to come back on here not I, I was on here more recently with you gentlemen talking right. about yeah. uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. but uh now just not being like the a special um right. i'm I'm kind of like i get I get
1: more time with you guys it's like, I get, <laughs> I, get yeah.
2: I get my cuddly bears now right, right.
1: yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, it was done. you, uh, you actually kind of uh pitched this to us, actually. You were like, uh, yeah. hey, if you did the um uh you guys do the blob, we'll do it. And that's what we kind of were like, well, let's do remakes in November then. Sounds good. Right. So yeah. Yeah, it's sometimes a topical discussion for for people and you guys don't shy away
2: from a lot of topical stuff. Uh, so right. I am like I'm really interested to in see what you guys have to say about not only this film, but right. other films that you will be discussing for this uh string of right. remakes yeah so
0: what have you been up to you've uh anything new any, anything you get into any good movies you've watched or
2: uh well yeah i mean <laughs> obviously uh, it, it is um when i you say a good film um, that's uh-huh. worth, worthy of discussion in itself if you think so but i finally <laughs> watched um uh dr sleep today Ah. um I'm I'm a uh, a huge fan of Stephen King and uh I love a lot of his adaptations right so this was one because it's still somewhat fresh in my mind I read um The Shining not too long ago so it's still right. somewhat fresh in my mind and I wanted to see how the story was carried along so I've watched that today right. and then I um I ended up going to see Depeche Mode came to town uh they came to Cleveland oh, nice. So I got to go see them just the other night and uh stayed downtown with my wife and that. And mm-hmm. dude, I'll tell you what, if you don't like eighties music or whatever, it doesn't matter. You could just put on like noise canceling headphones and just watch those guys. Just go wind them up and watch them go. They right? For being as old as they are. They have so much energy. Yeah. That really. was going
1: to be my question. It was like, they've been doing this for such a long time. Are they still a good, like live show but yeah
2: it's, uh... incredible i mean i've to this point now i'm a huge uh fan of music going to see live shows i've probably to this point now have seen like 400 different bands live um right. and it is they are like right up there now with alice cooper as like oh, okay. the, the best show i've ever seen
1: nice i mean there was nice.
2: this is not guys letting a cigarette dangle out their mouth while they play licks like these guys are, all right professionals and they, they showed it off big time the other night nice nice very cool
3: yeah what were your
0: thoughts on uh dr sleep did you like it or what you...
2: it, it was a very interesting watch i i now right. knowing what the the film is like i'm i'm really interested in seeing what the the original book the story is right. like because uh you know it could be quite different um and uh yeah. Fl- what is it flanagan um he's Mike like flanagan. He's- yeah. He um he is an interesting like vision when it comes to this stuff and like he's done like three or four adaptations of King's material now mm-hmm. yeah and I I think he has a pretty keen eye for for what he wants to adapt you know right and uh, I'm actually he's going to be at a convention um more like coming up and I'm now after seeing more and more of his material I'm actually really interested to meet him and pick his brain. Because he, right. I mean, he he is a very interesting person. He has been on, um, Mick Garris's podcast, and he's—I yep. mean, he's just, he's just fascinating to listen to.
1: Absolutely, yeah. He's a—he's—he's uh, he's probably the uh, still my pick, even though I didn't particularly care for Doctor Sleep, but um, he's still kind of my pick for probably the best uh, horror filmmaker of the 21st century. Like, I think he's—he's yeah. he's just. Um, even when stuff doesn't work, like I recently watched, um, and we're gonna talk about this, I think, uh, in a couple of weeks when we get Jamie Alvey on, again, um, mm. that uh, I didn't particularly care for his most recent miniseries, um, right, but it was still interesting to watch. Like he's he's such a he's such an interesting filmmaker. Um, I just I think his earlier work is better, but like, um, right, Doctor Sleep, and I don't think Doctor Sleep. The things I didn't like about Doctor Sleep weren't. I don't think Flanagan. I think they were just. I don't think I care for doctor sleep as a story right. um but um you know you kind of lose the, the same thing with the dark tower series I'm like you lost me when you brought in psychic vampires and i was kind of like okay whatever but um but no i i think it's um uh doctor sleep what he did really well was the all the kubrick stuff was actually pretty right. fantastic um so yeah I that was like, the
0: part that i was worried was i was going to be mad about was you know the the kubrick stuff doing kubrick <laughs> yeah yeah uh and then just, usually you know, that just makes me angry
1: yeah. But then he just did a pitch perfect Stanley Kubrick right. for, for yeah. 20 minutes. Yeah. So it's uh, the, shots, yeah. the shots. The shots alone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, he totally had uh, had Kubrick down like, you know, he's like, I'm making I'm making a movie that's a directly evocative of Kubrick's shining. And it right. was uh, from what I understand, as far as adaptation, it's pretty I feel it's I guess it's pretty faithful.
0: Uh yeah yeah. Um, yeah I read I read the book it's it's pretty pretty faithful you know yeah. other than the fact that you know um the status of the Stanley Hotel is is the Overlook Hotel is different in in the book and in the movie
1: you know but mm-hmm. well, that might also be because King was doing a sequel to his book. Right. Whereas Flanagan's doing a secret yeah, issue exactly. to Kubrick shining. Exactly. Uh, apparently with King's Blessing, though. I guess Flanagan right. did call King and be like, I'm kind mm. of kind of might want to focus on Kubrick's version. Is that okay? Right. And King was like, Yeah, do whatever you want. Like, you know, mm. no, totally, go for it. Um right. but also as Terry pointed out, um uh King's been very happy with what Flanagan has done with his material up at right. this point. Um uh i don't necessarily recommend watching uh gerald's game because it's a tough fucking watch right it is so good um it is an exceptional film but it is hard to watch yeah um and you will never be able to look at henry thomas the same way ever again after that movie but um but no, it's uh yeah, Dr. Sleep is is it was an interesting watch. I don't know how anxious I am to revisit it, but right. I'm glad you enjoyed it, Terry. I um and I do recommend yeah. you watch more Flanagan work. I think his miniseries, <laughs> uh his miniseries are really, really quite exceptional, um, for the most part. So yeah, he's definitely
2: somebody that I'm gonna, you know, be watching and waiting for new material and right uh dive, you know, into his back catalog, of course. Um but yeah, King is Sometimes difficult to translate, uh, mm-hmm. uh, because Lord knows there's been plenty of films that were just complete bullshit because it wasn't good in the first place, you know, right? Or like somebody couldn't see the same vision or translate it into a way that it made more sense. Like some, like Dar Darabon. We're gonna be talking about Darbon here. In a minute. We are, like, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, that that dude, I mean, he can print his own money now. If he, if a he, king gives him another story. I think mm-hmm. he's going to nail that too, you know? Right. He's retired. Yeah I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I know. I'm like, and it's a bummer because I'm yeah. like, if anybody, if it's not Flanagan, it's it's going to be Darbant that like yeah. sees the ultimate vision of what King exactly. is trying to yeah. achieve. Yeah, And a, a lot of, there's been a lot of swings and misses for uh, writers slash directors to take on his
1: material. And, you know, it's like, well, to it, be fair, King. King's had some swings and misses too. Oh yeah, right, know, right. But you know, his most recent his re, most recent output is not exactly phenomenal work. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I love Stephen King. Don't get me wrong. But right, yeah, I I, I can only apologize for so much for his
2: uh, for his writings and that. But like, uh, there yeah. was definitely a period of time that he was putting out
1: little weird as shit so i mean yeah,
2: some yeah. Of it, he doesn't even remember putting out so it's just like <laughs> yeah. right as we've
1: yeah. talked about you uh, said i've talked about it's my favorite stevie king story is that you know he went away to martha's vineyard for a weekend got completely uh obliterated on uh, alcohol and drugs walked out of it with cujo and right. doesn't remember writing it um then he wrote a whole fucking book in three days uh mm-hmm. while completely out of his mind and it was like one of his best works <laughs> Um and you know that's insane but um you know I wish I could do that you know yeah. just, and that's, a, get that's a
2: hefty book too yeah like, you know if I stub my toe at home I'm like I'm out of commission like I can yeah. only imagine being on like a bender
1: and yeah. bring right. out
2: an inch and a half thick book that actually like the story makes sense
1: it's not just like gibberish yeah it's know? a good right. book it's a really yeah. good book and it's like but it's something that he wrote completely out of his mind he didn't doesn't remember writing it not a bit uh which is insane but uh you know i wish i could just go on a bender and have a bestseller on my hands when i walk out of it you know instead right. i have you know, you know well you ever have, tried uh, <laughs> i haven't but i've okay. been on some benders uh right. and um well, weekend goals <laughs> yeah and i know i know coming out on the other end i wouldn't have a bestseller on my hand it right. would probably be it would be a half a page and then i uh mm. would have just ended up watching like robot chicken
3: for the
1: rest of it <laughs> right. you know like um, I can't even. I can't even podcast drunk. So I mean, right. like, I don't know how he would write a book, but, um, but anyway, I should probably do the vitals, huh? Yeah, let's go do the
0: vitals. And we'll All hop right. into it.
1: All right. So the uh, Blob was released in nineteen eighty eight. Of course, it is a remake of um another film which was made in uh. I probably should have actually opened that IMDb page as well. Nineteen fifty eight. Uh, nineteen fifty eight. Yeah. Um. So yeah, thirty years. Um. Directed by Chuck Russell. Uh, Sam and I have talked Chuck Russell before. He did Nightmare on Elm Street 3. Yes, um, The original screenplay was written by Theodore Simonson and Kay Linklater, Linkler um, uh, as Kate Phillips. Um, and uh, based on a story by Irvine H. Milgate, uh, the screenplay was then rewritten by Chuck Russell and, uh, as we mentioned, Frank Darabont, uh, who also they co-wrote the screenplay for Nightmare 3. Um, the cast, uh, we have uh, Kevin Dillon, starring uh we've got shawnee smith uh donovan leach jr jeffrey damon who we've talked about a couple of times he's actually another king veteran uh done quite a few uh stephen king adaptations himself uh we got candy clark joe seneca del close uh paul mccrane we have a little uh blink and you miss him appearance by bill mosley and um one of somebody that uh Sam and I are big fans of uh Jack Nance yes he appears in this film for one scene um and then uh just as a little bit of an extra thing uh Jack Raider who the three of us have discussed before he was in the Star Wars holiday special as the oh. uh as the Imperial officer who stacks his fingers a lot right in that um that's Jack Raider he plays the colonel in the blob um that's our kind of our main roundup of cast um and uh that should pretty much do it for the uh vitals um so sam you're the you're the host on this episode so where do we start
0: um i think let's let's start with uh you know remakes because i hate i hate that remakes always get this bad rap and you know it's not um that they're not good or that they're you know all bad or 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 you know something there's there's a lot of different you know there is out a, there that works
1: there is a stigma that uh they are right. kind of inherently uh creatively bankrupt maybe um right. or that they are in fact um just cynical cash grabs or right. um you know the or that they somehow tarnish the memory of the original um right which uh i think that um I know that you and I are probably on the same page, Terry. I, I think like why we could speak for you as well, based on mm-hmm. how much I know you uh, that that's just demonstrably untrue. Um, right. I think the original films, uh, the original films are always there and they're always going to be mm-hmm. there at least hopefully, um, right. you know, if Best Buy has their way, there may not be, but um, you know, it's the, the demolishing of the physical media does tend to put, film uh film history in question i think Jeopardy, but yeah. uh you know but um but the the original blob is is always going to be there it's pretty accessible um mm. but no I, I think that's a good place to start i mean terry what are your thoughts on that
0: Are you're muted i think
1: yeah you're muted samuel what are your thoughts on that
2: <laughs> <laughs> well i uh, can you hear me? Yep. yep. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah. That's okay.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah. Go for it. Uh, but yeah, no, the um, the thing with remakes, and I will say that I am um, smack dab in the middle because we have mm-hmm. seen some terrible remakes. I mean, awful
1: ones. Right. We're going to talk about one later this month. Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm sure of it. Yeah. Um. But I, th- I, this is one of the films that I felt like it was done. It was done correctly. It was done in the right way. There, there was notes that were taken from the first mm. film, and they just enhanced what that story was to give us what we were presented in 88. I mean, one of my favorite films of all time is a remake, The Thing. The Thing right. is an incredible incredible film. It's quite a bit different from the original story, and then also the For adaptation. Sure. So it's So, I'm just like, yeah, you can have bad original films, too. So, I mean, mm. like, how many times have we seen bad original scripts you know and right so i don't say i don't think you can make that blanket statement that overarching statement of all remakes suck because you mm-hmm. know that you're gonna like one of them and even in those same those same people making that same comment they're like but you know they're wearing like you know a fly shirt the fly right you know, exactly the, first, the fly yep. it's like <laughs> it's, so it's like I don't know there I mean there there have been plenty of times that I have seen a remake and I'm just like you didn't give me anything new you didn't right you didn't take it that much further than it like the 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 remake for psycho incredible film right but the, mm. re- the remake is like there's nothing new there no. like the only right. thing that happens in that film that's different from the original is Vince Vaughn is masturbating yeah well. he
1: jerks off yeah right
2: so yeah. it's like, oh, thanks. You really, you really swung for the fences on that, you know? Yeah, right. Like, yeah.
1: Well, that's why, I mean, that was like the Good Will Hunting, uh, the James on the Bob Strike Back joke about uh, Gus Van Sant, just like, you know, he's, you know, on set directing Good Will Hunting 2. He's just counting his money. <laughs> right. Um, you know, like the, uh, you know, Jesus, Ben, I said, I'm busy. Um, you know, it's, uh you know, we had an action on that, Gus? Um, but no, it's, uh, yeah, it, it, the Psycho remake is is definitely, uh the prime example of when this doesn't work. Um, yeah yeah, but I guess that would be the other question though is that's what but you, you kind of answered it to to a degree, Terry, but like what so the the idea behind a successful remake is to do something different or to do something the same where Where, where do you think that line is? do, do we need it to be because I mean, there's the again, we're gonna talk about one later this month that's that's um so far afield of what the original film was um right. that it's it doesn't work um this is pretty much is is pretty by the book in terms of its adaptation of the original film um do we think that it needs to be because that, that's always what i think feel like that's where the argument always ends up going is someone says well it's too different from the original therefore i don't like it or it's too right. much like the original therefore i don't like it um where do we think that line is
2: I, I it's it's kind of a fuzzy line, and I think it, it's all up to the viewer and what mm-hmm. they want out of their experience. I love the original film, the nineteen fifty eight right. Blob. I saw in the theater last year with my wife. They had a, a limited engagement, so we could see it, and nice. it's still a it's still a fun movie. It's still it's mm-hmm. it's it's a fun ride. But when you're watching that film, you're not like even in the opening sequence when they had like the the credits in it, they're playing the goofiest song to get you sick (laughs) for that film right (laughs) like oh
0: yeah and then beware the blob song or whatever
2: it's like oh yeah get ready kids to be you know shitting yourself but here's this fun little hip song yeah right um (laughs) but we don't get that like all all of that is changed and this this movie is filled with just fucking spite it's you see you see a child die in this film like Right. I think, the, I, I'm not saying that I, that's the criteria for a good film, you shouldn't <laughs> only have children dying in them, but I think that the line that I'm saying for my films and the remakes,
3: mm-hmm.
2: I would like something different, I would like to be presented something that is close to the original storyline, but let's get something else in there, like, let's put yeah. we got all these other spices on the on the rack here, let's put some of that in there, and a little bit of something different. So because then you 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 have something different you have a different product now because then the people can still be like oh well if i wanted something straight to the source like the exact movie then i'll just go right. watch the 1958 version yeah you know? i think yeah, you're challenging and... your audience but at the same point you're like you're really you're putting yourself out there as well being like You know, this movie didn't do that great, so a lot of people weren't ready for this. But I, I think this is a film that, honestly, to this day, still gets like, it gets a little bit better for me every time I watch it.
0: Right. And you know, for me, uh, I think you know, as far as remakes goes, like you know, first you have to have somebody who knows what they're doing making it. I mean,
2: that's exactly
0: that's beyond obvious. I mean, some of these, some of these remakes, like you know, are just like done by people who don't know what the hell they're doing um and you need to have people who have you know the proper route of like i don't want to say reverence but like respect for the original film to where they're you know want to do it right um and and then you know from there you want to take the idea and and kind of go a little bit off in your own direction with it and do something new with it and i think this one does that does all three pretty well um you know there's some points where It doesn't really diverge much from the original, but you know, it's it's updated enough to to where it doesn't, you know, feel like you're watching just, you know, a repeat of the same film.
2: Um and it's not so different that it's offensive either.
0: Right. Yeah. It was yeah, exactly. It's 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 updating it, you know, for a new generation and you know, um the pacing of the story and you know everything else has been, you know, Jacked up a little bit, you know, to to make up for the you know the dimes, um, and then you know they took so much time working on the special effects that you know it they really came into something good as far as like what the blob looks like. Um, so I think you know overall it's it's a really good re- example of how to do a remake right, um, but yeah so. I'm, Terry, you had uh, you had uh, suggested this film to us, um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about why you uh, thought to to do this one?
2: Um, well, I, I, your guys' show is unique in the way that you are positive and constructive of uh, when right. you when you bring on your opinions about films and that. And this is one of those films that, again, with it being a remake, I'm not sure how many people want who like. Discuss it. I mean, again, kind of, like when you're talking about solid remakes, this this one's not usually discussed. You know, it's right. not up in that upper echelon of like again, The Fly or The Thing remakes. Um, right. so I think I like I like bringing some movies to the discussion that like maybe don't get enough love. And I I know that uh, Screen Factory put a version of their of mm. uh, like a 4K version out like two years ago. I think it was now. And yeah, something I just, like that. And it's, just like this movie, again, like there was a shared, like a shared love of like the original between my family and I, like we grew up Mm -hmm. watching a lot of horror, like a lot of horror. And, but we also watched a lot of the atomic age stuff The you know, like, Oh my God, there's a giant monster or whatever. And this definitely fits in the atomic age films, um, securely. And it's, it's just a, it's a fun watch the original film. Mm -hmm. and you know i have so much fond memories of watching that kind of stuff when i was a kid that this film when it came into the discussion when it when we rented the the remake at my house it scared the shit out of me you know this is a film that is very like it's impactful you remember those scenes you know like when the blob falls down on the on the you know the football guy in the um, hospital and you first see what that that image of this thing just digesting a person it is terrifying you know and that's one of the things that always sits with me is that the imagery of this film it's just like with practical effects and everything they were at the top of their game
1: yeah this was the um uh i believe this was the same company that did nightmare four uh the same year um, this one actually was made, um, I think like right before the writer's strike of 1988, um, and came out at the tail end of the writer's strike of 1988. Um, I think it's Dream, uh, Dream Factory, Dream. Um, what's the name of the company? I just was looking I... for it, I can't remember. Um, it was, um, it's, it's the same group that did Nightmare 4. Um, right. And that's what I loved is that first kill in particular with Paul uh, getting uh, eaten is the same effect from mm-hmm. the chest of souls in right. Um that they just use the exact same effect, uh, which is basically and that's what I, my, I appreciated the most about that particular kill. And that effects work was I was like, this is basically just a bag with an actor. They put some makeup right. on him and some goop and had him push against the yeah, plastic yeah. wrap. It's such a simple effect um mm-hmm. it's so good looking though um right. and it worked in nightmare four too with the they just built a you know uh 20 foot freddy chest and speared some makeup on linnea Quigley and had her push her tits out right uh <laughs> and it was um uh it's it's such a good looking effect that it was just like they just did this for the blob as well same year um they probably you know it's um uh they were released around the same time even um mm-hmm. But, um, it's which is interesting, but I do love that, uh, that first kill that uh, Paul's death in that movie. Um, it for a couple reasons. I was noting it, I actually paused the movie right after that scene happened, where mm-hmm. I um, I had to think about it for a minute because I was like, holy shit, that works in on multiple levels. Where one, it's first of all, they've I hadn't seen this movie since I was in high school, it's been right. a long, long time since I'd seen it, so. I couldn't quite remember much about it. Uh, oddly enough, the only thing I really remembered from that movie was the Kevin Dillon wrecking his bike scene that happens at the very beginning. For some reason, that was the scene I remember. Um, but the um, other than that, what was coming back to me when I was watching was the original, um, which I watched, I think, for the first time five or six years ago. Um, but that scene, I was like, first of all, I'm thinking, like, is Paul sticking around? because they give him enough information at the beginning of the movie that I'm like, maybe they're doing the love triangle thing, the whole film. Right. Um, So killing him off right then and there is like, it's the Janet Lee psycho thing. Like you just killed off somebody that looks like a major character. So you're, you're obviously you're, you're pulling the rug out from the audience underneath the audience with that. But you're also like that effect is so hard hitting that you're uh, pulling the rug out from underneath the audience with that too. You're like, this is what you're watching. Um, Which is also to, you know, pull the rug out from underneath people that remember the original, um, Mm -hmm. that are like, you know, uh, this is not 1958. This is going to be something very, very aggressive. Um, And then, uh, but also just in the sense of telling your audience what you're watching. Um, It's just such an effective bit that I was like, holy shit, that's, this is perfect. That scene is perfect um it just works on so many levels that i absolutely loved it um but yeah that's that to me and then i ultimately didn't think too much of the movie after that unfortunately but it's it's good but um i kind of zoned out a lot but um i thought that that kill uh from like the west craven method of you hit the audience really hard in the first act you don't have to hit as hard uh the rest of the film i uh i just thought that was perfect and i just right. loved it and the effect was so simple um that it just really worked for me i uh i love the idea that like, for some reason they think like kevin Dillon did it um <laughs> right uh you know apparently he had just a bunch of molecular acid on him right. um but no i loved i loved that bit i thought that that scene was absolutely fantastic
2: in, in my research too um one fun fact i found out about that was when shawnee smith sees what happens to paul Mm -hmm. that's her that's actually the actress seeing that for the first time she there was no test looks or anything like that she didn't see the effect until she came in so when she screams it's actually like a real scream so they kept it in the film too it's kind of like the same thing in uh you know return of living dead when uh beverly is like freaked out by what Tarman looks like it's the act that's the actual yep. first
1: moment that she see right, seen right. she didn't she didn't see him before that yeah i loved also that the effect also includes like the actress just holding a prosthetic hand and she pulls it oh, out right. and they put some goop on it to make it and i'm like you could do this at home for like you know for like 100 bucks and make this effect yeah. happen in your living room um it'd be messy and i don't recommend it but I'm mm-hmm. like, uh, and I'm sure it was more expensive than that. But I mean, like it's, uh, but then I was like, all of this effect is just sleight of hand. Really. It's um, right. You just let the audience, you let the audience fill in what's happening. It's such a shocking image that you're not going to think about how it's done. But of course me as a horror film buff and I've, you know, I've seen a million and a half movies, I'm thinking about how it's done. And I'm like, yeah. And then it was like, okay, he's holding onto a hand and she pulls it and they put some goop on it to make it stretch and they, you know, he's got a little bit of goop on his hand underneath the other hand. And I'm like, it's so simple, but it's yeah. so effective. Um, and it's such a, such a shocking image that I know it's why it's the, you know, uh, it's iconic. I think it's the, you know, it's the box art for the original 1988 right. VHS tape. Um, it's, um, it's not uh, the, for whatever reason, the Screen Factory version doesn't use that as its main image. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, but that image of that actor of Paul, like pushed up against the the saran wrap, you know, with, uh, all that makeup on him, you know, it, it's, it's really, really shocking to look at. Um, yeah. it's, um, it's almost, it's, it, 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 what makes it work, I think is that it's almost too much for the film that it's in. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, at that point you've, you've set up, you know, it. This is a question I have for both of you, so I'm like, this movie takes place in 88, right? This right. In 88. But the yeah. thing is is that what their technique has made it look like it could just be the 50s. Right. Um, other than the hair, you know, and the vehicles, I think. Uh, the tech is a little bit. I think the original, I don't think, had the, the space capsule. Did it? I can't remember. Did it? Uh, no, it was it was just a meteor.
0: It was a uh, meteor yeah.
2: in my form. Yeah, that was I'm the major say. change to the storyline. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because I made I gave it a lot of thought where I was like, well, this could almost be like, even with the Russians, you know, they're like, we're right. going to fight the Russians. I'm like, no, it's ninety is it 1950? Um, mm-hmm. But it, it could easily be in the 1950s. I was going to say the only thing I could think of that makes it definitely take place in 88 is the space capsule. Right. Um, maybe the, I think they probably still had the clean suits back in 50, 58. Mm-hmm. But um, but that and the hair, you know, right. which is obviously is its own character. Um, as all '80s movies are, like you know, right. Kevin Dillon's Kevin Dillon's hair, Shawnee Smith's like feathered right. big hair. Um, yeah, they both uh, had
0: extensions for this for this this role. <laughs> oh, I
1: believe it. I believe yeah. it. Um, but no, it's uh, so you set up the sort of '50s, sort of almost '50s uh, small town Americana, and then to throw that image right. in there and be like, you know, the audience. I, I can't imagine what it would have been like to be in an audience not knowing what you're about to see. Mm-hmm. 88 sitting down, and then you're, you're getting into this rhythm of small town Americana, and then all of a sudden, like the most horrible thing you've ever seen is right. in front of you. Um, like it's such a shocking image. Like, even my jaded ass was like, Holy shit, yeah, like that's that's a lot. That guy's getting dissolved in this thing. It's it's horrifying, yeah. but no, I it's think very, it's, just it's a, very
2: ambitious. Uh, for yeah, them to do some of the, yeah, I mean, because I you know the original film they shied away from most of the kills in that you were just left with the where did they go i think right. they're dead or yeah there was, was a like,
1: superimposed blob over the scene
2: and, yeah it's yeah. like mm-hmm. so it's like but like for them to go so balls to the wall with some of the effects in this film and for it only being a 10 million dollar budget too it's like
1: good lord they stretched each one of those dollars yeah yeah dream image um i don't think they were they were uh, was K and B around in eighty eight, Sam. When did they start?
3: Yeah.
1: yeah. They started around then. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say, like, you know, this is I can't imagine they were big budget. I mean, like I said, they did Nightmare Four, which was also a movie that had no money. Right. Um, the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise had no money, never did. Um, which is why, you know, they talked about now being like, Well, if we're gonna make a big budget Nightmare on Upstream like, don't right. you know, don't okay. make a big budget one. Um the, the magic of those films was the DIY this was made for no That's money right. and, you know, Bob Shaa's cutting corners everywhere he can to make, make mm-hmm. as much money as he can. Um, but I agree with you, Terry, that the, this movie looks way more expensive. yeah than I think it actually is. Um, it, it it does look great. Um, even the uh, just the town setup, I mean like they use the technique makes it look very expansive makes it look very big it looks like a much bigger right. town than it actually is um even uh even throwing in minor uh one-off characters just to say things um you know it's just to giving that feel of this is a whole town full of people um makes it gives it a much bigger i mean the production value is fantastic right blob 1988 um yeah uh, this looks huge um and it's not if you really break it down it's like you know even the even the military guys show up and there's only really like six of them but it seems like there's a whole army of them you know it's uh they give you this uh, this idea of size this idea of space this idea of money being spent and it's a low budget film it's uh it's quite extraordinary
2: yeah and it actually helps out that they did the opening shot of zooming in on the town to really kind of give you a scope of what is going on in the size mm-hmm. of the city. And they almost look like they're secluded, you know, in their own little, right. You know, it's like, you can't just go right. over to Walmart and get, you know, band-aids. And I think also knowing that this town is smaller, mm-hmm. and you're not able to get to certain places quickly. That also gives you this idea of like, where is this thing lurking? Like if I go down main road, is it gonna right. be at the end or how many of these things are there? Like there's no communication whatsoever. And the people that have the information are the ones that don't want to share it with them. And it's like right. us versus them versus it, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, there's a there's a bit of an anti authoritarian streak in this, you know, film that's you know um not not a holdover from the fifties, obviously. Um, but it's No, so I was going nice to say yep.
1: if memory serves in 19, in 19 uh, 1958 the the uh, uh Kevin Dillon's role was played by Steve McQueen. Right. Who I think did it mostly like on a bet or something. I think he was not uh he he wasn't into it. I don't think. Well, this think. was his
0: this was his first like major like you know motion picture role and they they offered him I think like you know either like 10% of the profits or or 5 grand and he took the 5 grand and Uh,
1: steve mcqueen probably yeah
0: yeah probably took probably took you know a a loss on that um yeah thinking of how much money that the blob actually made
1: yeah no it it, it was on my mind it was on my mind the whole time watching this movie the 1988 (laughs) version i was like this is a remake of a film that cost five bucks back in uh, a b movie that nobody cared about in 1958 and the film has managed to gain that kind of traction that it could even mm. warrant a remake in 1988 um but nobody making the blob cared about the blob in 1958 um no, no. but it's um but it's uh it's it, it's it's interesting in that respect but i i did like um uh where am i going with this uh but the the idea was i remember that steve mcqueen's uh anti-authoritarian rebel guy was like he just wore a different colored sweater Right, the guys um you know his his car was like it was i guess it was a hot rod or something mm-hmm. but it was not a it looked like any other car i mean it was right. for for an anti-authoritarian rebel it was mostly like he's he's you know he says damn or something you know like right. it, it's not he wasn't really a rebel this movie they're like well no kevin dylan's motorcycle riding uh you know cigarette smoking uh right. the cops don't like him uh mm-hmm. you know he's one he's one bad call he's away the juvenile delinquent and, you he's know, going was, into he's going to go to prison next time he's now he's right. 18 his birthday's coming up he's going to go to prison next time uh you know yeah i i i do think that um chuck russell did definitely sprinkle in some like by invoking the 50s he was able to sort of skewer the 50s mm-hmm. where he's like this is not a movie about um that this movie is also very much about like Uh, following the rules kind of sucks like don't do it Um, you know even with Shawnee Smith kind of gravitating towards Kevin Dillon as the film progresses uh, where she at the beginning of the film is like a good girl who does what her father tells her to do that by the end of the film she's like you know absolutely not I'm going to go off and do whatever I'm going to do there is a little bit of that I think that you know the kids are right. you know uh, uh, theme happening so i think you're right i mean i think that there's definitely a some subtext of uh fuck authority you know yeah. go listen to bad religion and uh <laughs> and drive your motorcycle and uh and and give uh, give a hard time to the the government stooges you know right yeah but
0: you said this this film didn't really work for you uh what you know i, know. I mostly just, just found myself it?
1: I mostly just found myself kind of like zoning out. I just wasn't that into okay. it. Um, it was, it was, um, it just wasn't holding me the way I, I had hoped it would. Right. I think, um, to a degree, partially the the setting. I, I wanted more. Um, a lot of a lot of characters that pop up, they just pop up to get killed. Right, and I I felt like I wanted more um, uh, of an anchor in this community mm-hmm. um to make this work for me and it just wasn't there and right. um and i i like uh partially it's it's also you know um another 30 or 40 years of cinema working against it right um that i'm like we've seen all this before many times since um but mm-hmm. because i hadn't seen it in such a long time that it, it felt too familiar at this point that i was just kind of like Eh, it's a, it's fine. It's a good movie. I enjoyed right. it. Um, it just didn't quite work for me the way that. Um, I, I feel like what was promised in Paul at Paul' death, I was like, ooh, we're in for a ride here, and then it kind of, right, uh, softened. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I do feel like there's a little bit of a, uh, we could have gone harder. I think with the Blood right. nineteen eighty eight, but I, uh, it's not. I, I don't think it's a bad film. I, I didn't, um. It just didn't do much for me personally. I think, okay. uh, objectively speaking, it, it's, it still works. I mean, it's right. definitely a... Um, also, I mean, I don't know if I like Kevin Dillon. Right.
0: <laughs> he's so he's you get if Matt Dillon's not available.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's... He's not uh, a very
2: likable guy in this film, let's be honest. Yeah. He's kind of a dirtbag. <laughs> yeah.
0: No,
1: yeah. and an
2: asshole, you know. But, yeah. But so yeah. is Paul in a way, too, so... Right. Which, you know...
1: Well, Paul, we got there was what partially, partially what worked about Paul's death was that I was actually kind of starting to like it. Um, right, that there was some, you know, uh, you know, homeless guy runs out of the woods. Kevin Dillon's kind of like, he's your problem now, and Paul's like, I'm actually comfortable with that. Uh, I'm actually right. going to try and take care of this guy. Uh, and I was like, really? The the jock is actually concerned about another human being. Like normally in any other film, the Paul character would be like, no, we leave him on the side of the road. Yeah, yeah. Uh and then it would be the the rebel without a clue is like, what you're gonna leave him here? You need to take him to a hospital. Like that's the normal uh film right progression is that you know Kevin Dylan's got the heart of gold. He doesn't seem to have one in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but Paul seems like he might be developing one, and then they're like, Nope, dropping a blob on him, and uh he's gone. But um, you know, especially but one of the things that worked getting about Paul's death was they even set up the um uh the condom joke with her father right. and i'm like that's going to come <laughs> up in the third act right like uh, you know <laughs> yeah. no he's just dead um yep. you know i thought cuz they did pay off the joke Um mm-hmm. ribbed, <laughs> ribbed but um <laughs> but i was th- i was thinking that dynamic would come up again later in the picture and then uh they so that's what i mean is i've kind of like i actually might have liked this movie better if we were following paul than right. uh than um flag which, uh, obviously, the the first thing in my mind was making stand jokes in my head, uh, right. like you know, hey, flag, and I'm like, oh, he's the yep. walking dude, yep, um, you know, in the Stephen King voice, the walking dude, <laughs> um, but uh, there's, there's a yeah. lot of little links to the
0: stand in this, which is you know, kind of weird, but uh,
1: yeah, we, we elaborate on
0: that. Well, I mean, uh, aside from like you know, Shawnee Smith going on to being in the stand and uh, going yes, there is going that, yeah. right write a lot of Stephen King adaptations. Like I feel like like Flag was like an in joke to the stand. Like I don't think it was an accident. Um and I don't think the we lost your your
1: can't hear you. I'm sorry. I, I was oh, gonna say I, yeah, I, I kinda say I was gonna I, I did riff a few Julie Lori lines right. throughout the film I was watching it. You know, like you know It was a joke, stupid. <laughs> I, I, I think the
0: uh the and I have no evidence of this at all, but uh, I think that the you know, the fact that like the uh, the blob was you know, a, a government experiment gone awry, um, was, was kind of a nod to the stand as well. So yeah, the, you could have
1: had Ed Harris shoot himself somewhere in this movie, right? It really worked, yeah, yeah. All movies should use could should have Ed Harris uh, just appear for yeah. a couple scenes and then shoot himself. It never, um, it never
0: makes it worse, that's for sure,
1: yeah. No, Terry, <laughs> so you were
0: going to say something before I asked a question earlier, and I I, I don't know what it was, but uh no,
2: I, I I I actually forget what I was going to say there, but I do like oh, the okay. change. I do like the change that they made because there. Are, I mean, there's are some obvious changes to from one script to the next script. I you know rewatching the film, I just the the terror that is the government and what they're capable of doing i right. just thought that was great to work into this film like just the idea that it wasn't just a virus or something like that or some unexplainable right. thing it's now this thing that the government had everything to do with and it just it's sh- like it just blew up in their hands and like right. oh crap how do we put the how do we put the lid back on this one
3: yeah
0: and you know they're the government's always you know the ultimate authority um and so them to be ultimately responsible and you know ultimately useless against this thing uh, is you know kind of adds to the uh, the terror of it.
2: But well, for sure, and especially because you're 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 told that you're supposed to listen to them. They're you're told right. that they're the ones that are there to help you out, and it's like they're going to guide your hand of safety through this. And then ultimately right. we find out that they're this dumb the dumb bastards that did this to you. So right. It's like. Yeah, and like, they don't
0: even care they don't even care if you know anybody in the town makes it out alive or, or anything you
2: know they just, yeah collateral collateral damage yep. everybody seems to be they so they this is this all as,
0: they see it all as data you know yeah basically. I mean it,
2: it, it harkens back to a lot of different st- storylines but one of them being uh aliens you know it's like, right now we have this this weapon what can we do with this you know? right it's it's yeah, always sure. that sinister like spin that just enhances the story that mm-hmm. much more and it gives it more layers. And I, they, they pulled it off really well in this, I thought.
0: Right. You know, it's, it's funny. Um, I was watching, when I was watching through this, this time, and I've seen this movie a hundred times. I had uh-huh. it taped on VHS. Um, I'm sorry, my dog keeps liking to bark today. Um, <laughs> but, um, I, I had it taped on VHS back in the day off the TV. Um, and so I watched it a hundred thousand times back then. But this time I really noticed—I really noticed how much the second and act of this movie is a slasher film. Like you know, it's it's really it's really an '80s slasher film in a lot of ways. Um, with just the slasher is is the is is a creature instead of a, a guy in a mask. Um, did anybody else pick up on that? Or
1: yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a fair assessment. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. No, I was going to say that's part of what didn't maybe didn't work for me is that um, after a first act of character development, to mm-hmm. then jump to a slasher film, which is um, you know the the concept of the slasher film is usually as we talked about not too long ago, Friday the Thirteenth Seven, you have a bunch of people that whose only job is to add to the body count. Right, um, right. That I almost feel like we could have done more with dropping a few um, instead of dropping in new people. We could have bumped off a few, um, few more of the regular people that we actually had some association with. Um, right. I I, I feel like Shawnee Smith's dad should have gotten, could have gotten it at some point. In this movie, you know, um, yeah, he kind of
0: disappears from the narrative and then just reappears later again. Like, yeah, you know?
1: yeah. I mean, they do establish most of the towns getting evacuated, um, right. But, um, but yeah, I mean, there are, uh, that's, uh, but no, I think you're right. I mean, to the point where they even throw a slasher film into the film. Right. To, to kind of tell you that's what we're doing. Um, I always other- get
0: this slasher film within a film confused with uh, the the slasher film in the Monster Squad. Um, I don't know why. <laughs> when oh. I, when I try to think of the one, I think of the
1: other usually. I'm- is it weird that we watched the, we even, we even did an episode of the Monster Squad and I still can't remember that stupid show? <laughs> right. No, no. I don't remember it anymore. There's, um, yeah. No, my memory's going. I'm not, God, I'm not, I'm getting the old. The one but... thing I
2: was going to say to piggyback off what you were saying about the slasher um, mm-hmm. comment, um, we even get the, the two teenagers fucking around in the car. You know, oh, yeah. that's very, you know, that's a trope yeah. when it comes to a slasher films if i've ever oh, for seen sure. one you know it's like oh yeah. you're being naughty out in the car you know
1: mm-hmm. very naughty out in the car uh that right. scene that scene doesn't doesn't it's definitely oh, it did not in, age well. <laughs> yeah in 2023 it's a whole different ball game now i mean but... i
0: do like the joke of that he has a whole box full of those rings oh that's yeah that's
1: yeah
0: but, but yeah in, this in, in in the midst of all this uh Terrible, um, you know, he should be me too'd stuff that he's doing. That was that actually made me chuckle.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But no, I mean, like, yeah, the the unbuttoning her blouse when she's passed out, like mm-hmm. uh it's it's uh a different world now. And right. um what was probably uh pretty funny in 1988 is now really uncomfortable. And I was like, yeah. Oh shit, how far are we going? Because it's uh again, I'm like, it's 88. This could go yeah really far before the blob shows up and uh and they were like well no it's just a couple buttons and i'm like oh thank god because this is gonna get worse um and uh but instead they they do the reveal quickly and she you know rolls over and it's the blob but i was like oh shit um that's uh that in 2023 that ain't uh that ain't funny anymore um you know it's uh but yeah it's uh it's always fun to watch these older movies and be like you know how far are they going to take this very this thing that's now very problematic and uh right you know luckily this didn't push too far but um but yeah it was it was uncomfortable uh yeah I like, oh shit that's right it's 88 um what's going on but right yeah anybody else have anything
0: else uh i'm out of questions myself so oh, you're
1: out of you're out of talking points already look at that i'm just out of questions like yeah yeah sorry no it's all right <laughs> uh what, what um you said he you watches 100 times in the in when you watched it as a as a kid what um what made you gravitate to it as a, as a um,
0: kid? the effects i mean yeah. def- definitely the the effects and the gore um they they, they always were done really well like mm-hmm. i i remember uh trying to figure out like how they did the meltic effects and stuff like that, you know, back in the day and, you know, wondering about that before, because that was before you can just, you know, pop in the DVD and, and see
1: the making of, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. And, uh, obviously special effects have, uh, you know, they reached their pinnacle at that shortly around this period. Yeah. Uh, sure. uh practical effects were, were, uh, about to go out in just mm-hmm. a couple years after this. um, but yeah, I mean, now with the the experience that you have now as a film goer, I mean, all of these effects are probably way more obvious in terms of how it was done.
0: Yeah. Anyway,
1: yeah. um, right, but because yeah, when I watched
0: this, I was like, you know, like eleven, you know, or, right or, or twelve, you know.
1: Yeah. Do you think this is a Do you think this is a, a good gateway horror film? Do you think, or do you think it's too much for young people? What's, uh, uh I mean, obviously, I think times have changed, but um, right.
0: I think this. I think this was a good gateway horror film because it's just it's got it it's mean but it's not like too mean it's, yeah you know it's it's got like a little bit of a sense of humor to it at the same time yeah um so it's yeah. not you know too dark for for most tastes um but then again it doesn't you know it doesn't hold back either i mean you you know you see a bunch of gruesome kills including you know a kid getting killed as gruesomely as I've, i think i've ever seen a kid get killed in the movie yeah um you know we we joke about how they don't do that enough and that, how that's not true, but. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. No, that came up recently. Specific, I mentioned that, yeah. yeah. I guess the it's new the, the new Terrifier movie, I guess, yeah. is going to feature, or maybe it did already. I'm not sure on that. Um, I don't know. I
0: can tell you one thing about the Terrifier movies other than they were fun to watch. Oh.
1: Uh, um, yeah, it was. <laughs> it's fun, the.
0: Fun and forgettable, you know. It's,
1: the kids the, being the killed. Right. Discourse has resurfaced on Twitter and uh oh, okay. And like people were kind of being like, um, you know, the new terrifier movie I guess has a, a just a regular old fashioned uh spider kill with a kid. Right. Um, or something to that effect. And uh, whether or not that's acceptable. And I'm like, well, first of all, the the idea that kids didn't get killed that often in horror films is a myth. Yeah. Um, you know, you and I have done been doing this for a couple of years now, and we've talked about. And at first, we were doing that, right? If you right. If, if memory serves, we were like, uh, yeah. kids are getting killed in movies. We're like, wow, we don't see that very often. After the, right. the sixth movie, we did, we were like, that right. doesn't happen very. Uh, no, it does. It does happen yeah. all the time, actually. Um, that uh, it's it's kind of silly that people still maintain the idea that this is a rarity right. uh, in horror cinema. Because I was like, well, I don't know, kids got killed. I mean, Frankenstein. Yeah. 1931, you know. I mean, there's a kid death. We don't see the kid get killed. Uh right. the extended sequence shows the girl being thrown into the water or whatever. But uh right. the original cut of the film was he just picks the girl up and then the cuts to the father with the daughter, right uh, she's dead. But I mean, no, kids were getting bumped off. Uh Bram Stoker's Dracula, the original novel, has a kid getting killed in that. Um, right. these things happen in horror uh and the, the idea that it doesn't is kind of silly um but for whatever reason that has gotten into the public consciousness that kids don't get killed in movies very often and i'm like that's mm-hmm. that's not exactly true
0: i i still feel like the 80s is the heyday of doing that yeah and probably i think i think that that they did it a lot more like in the 80s than, than they try to now but yeah
1: know. well i mean i i don't know i might disagree with that i feel like yeah. uh Modern film, I think it happens quite frequently now. um You know, Hereditary just had a right get her head knocked Doc, off by a telephone pole. Doctor Sleep. When I was watching it today, there was a child.
2: Uh, There's a child
0: death in that. Yeah, yeah, they're a terribly gruesome one. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Even the the Shutter version of An the hundred curious one. movie moments. Yeah, the Shutter version right. of the hundred curious movie moments that came out last year had right. that scene in its list where they and talked about how like. Uh, My Flanagan's own wife, Kate Siegel, walked mm-hmm. out of the screening because she couldn't watch that scene. Stephen really? King was went to went to Flanagan and said, um, "That's a little too much, isn't it? Like it's, right. you." And Flanagan was like, "Well, yes, but that's why we did it. We like we we kept the camera on this kid for right. like five minutes. Like we watched the whole thing. Um, otherwise, what's the point?" Um, you know, it's, uh, but these things do happen a lot in horror Mm -hmm. films. and They always have. Um, and if anything, uh, I think horror filmmakers are more bold. Um, I think they may have been doing it more like in more for shock value in 88. Right. Um, but I think modern film wants to, wants to present horror as a, um, matter of fact, uh concept mm. like life is happening and therefore no one's immune right. um you know which is the blob hit you know modern era anywhere in america a kid's going to bite it
3: right you know? right
1: um there's there's no way that you like in real life children are not safe if anything modern era has showed us they're less safe than ever um right. you know that um it's kind of a bit uh it's kind of strange that it would get that it, it would once again be resurfacing in um, in the vernacular that this is a rarity because I don't think it ever really was um, right. it just was something that either we re- repressed it or um, uh, but anyway it, people like to say that's true but right. I don't know I mean like in 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 this movie I mean does it, it it's, it's uh, I guess it's upsetting but I mean is it like does it do any harm to the film i don't know i don't no, think
0: so no i don't think so yeah
1: i don't know what I, think, I, mean. I, I,
2: I was going to say that at the speed that they're going and knocking off these different characters and that i i think it's just like it it just kind of works for it it it's not like mm-hmm. well now we need to kill a kid really what it boils down to for me is that this thing doesn't select its victims anybody right. you know right. old dude in the woods you're dead you know the high school football player get him too you know, mm-hmm. little kid, yeah, I'll eat that guy too, like there's no, this thing doesn't have a conscience,
1: so it no, doesn't like right. say,
2: oh, you know what, I'm just gonna knock off the people that just get in my way yeah, it's and a he,
1: mutated bacteria it's just yeah. gonna right. eat everything in its path yeah, doesn't matter so I think it, it
2: just works naturally for mm-hmm. the kid to get killed by it
1: yeah, right, but
2: it, you know, it's like it just yeah. doesn't feel like it's being forced in there just for the graphic nature of no, it no,
1: it's, it's not, you know, it's just matter of fact about the thing, you know Yeah, I don't think I I don't I don't believe that, um, you know, Chuck Russell and Frank Darabont were like, let's kill a kid. That'll be shocking. Like, I don't I I don't think that's how it works. I mean, that's one of the things I agree with. uh, Very few things I agree with Eli Roth on was sort of talking Mm -hmm. about shock value. Like, yeah, you can kill a kid. You can kill a you can put a gun to a baby's head Mm -hmm. and it will be shocking, but it won't do anything. It's just it's just gross. But If you actually approach it as part of your subject matter, um, it works. Mm. Um, and it, um, it's, uh, you know, I'm, I'm on board with the don't kill animals in movies. Um, but you know, I, which is odd, I don't mind kids getting killed, right. but I don't like it when a dog dies, but you know, it's, uh, maybe if I had kids, I'd feel differently. I don't know. Right. Um, but speaking of, I remember having this conversation with a, with a friend of mine who, um, in high school was like the, the last guy you'd think would ever have kids. And now he's got three and was mm-hmm. like, I can't watch pet cemetery anymore right and i'm like no i get that but you know speaking of uh mm-hmm. you know the death of a child cazador is one of the worst kid deaths ever yeah and it's sort of the point um you know uh but yeah i mean it's uh, it, that's how you do it i think if you just kill one off just to do it then yeah mm-hmm. then that's what you're doing uh, one one as a child but right um you know as i dismiss their lives um <laughs> but um uh, but yeah, it's uh, it it's it's something. Um, right. you know, I I I just find it odd that it's come up again that everybody's like right. killing kids is wrong. And I'm like, well, it's kind of there's a long track record of this happening in horror films. Yeah. Um but um I love the movie theater sequence. I I that's um it's something that uh that's again an Americana uh classic right. idea that maybe doesn't doesn't feel the same anymore you know uh but that um that whole concept of uh, i love the the two kids watching the movie and then the guy's talking behind him and they they like are shushing him and then they're getting in trouble um but and of course as a theater movie theater manager now i'd be like i'd be leaving all these people to die um right you know like <laughs> The usher kid, the the older brother is like trying to like help people, and I'm like, I would just be out. <laughs> like I'm, like, right. you're on your own already. Yep, you're on your own, folks. Um, that, obviously we've that's... we've
0: all had enough training by now on what to do. with, You know, active, you know, danger situations. Like you get out of the building and you get away from the building. It always like, comes. You, back... you should all
1: should know this up. Well, horror films always comes back to uh, as we talked about with behind the mask. The mm-hmm. you want to know what to do to survive? Pick a direction run. and run. Yep. Yeah. Run in that direction and don't stop till daylight. Um, that's how you survive a horror film is you right. pick a an direction and you start running and you don't stop for hours. Just keep running. Um, yeah. that's how you survive the blob is get out of town. Um, however, the blob, the whole point of the blob is it's never gonna stop. But right. uh what do you guys think of the preacher thing? I don't know if it works for me.
2: Uh, I I like that. It i liked it i think it was just it was it was a nice way to probably entertain the idea of a a sequel to this this whole like the guy's lost maybe his humanity but not his faith and like he probably sees it as like oh this is the second coming this is the reckoning here so it's like when he says at the end of the movie like i'm just waiting for a sign it's like yes like that 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 tracks i mean this guy is like he's warped after seeing the things that he did and he's he the 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 whole day changed him so now right. he's just not on his rocker anymore right. i just i yeah. i like that i think it like we're seeing the makings of a villain but he doesn't mm. believe he's the villain right. so i think that yep. would have really been a cool idea for a sequel
0: i th- i think it would have worked better for me if like
1: he wasn't like creepy to begin with
2: yeah
0: like he just came off as creepy like at the beginning like you
1: know right it's one of those things that i feel like is is set up and never handled um right. you know that he's going to be some sort of a, a situational antagonist and it never mm. comes up he's sort of replaced right. by uh the uh scientist right um but yeah it's one of those things that moments that i mean he's kind of played for laughs early on but he has also they cast a character actor who's known for playing kind of creepy uh right. weird people um they would think he was going to become relevant in some way in the last act and instead he kind of disappears for a while and then he does the sequel hook um right i don't mind the sequel hook um no i just i i, I but i do feel like maybe that was a plot thread that it was just have, underdeveloped yeah you know? yeah maybe it was a plot thread that needed to be serviced by the end right. of the picture um but yeah I mean like within the context of the film I, like I said I, I agree with you Terry that I think it's a good sequel setup I just feel like mm. that character was another character that I'm kind of like wait why was he here um, right. you know it's uh, it, 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 there's a little bit of that I think that, that that's the main detractor for me for the blob was we have a lot of characters that are established but not a lot is done with them and right. um, I would have preferred to see you know uh, or like you said Terry the idea of the this the day changing people um uh it, maybe it would have been out of place for a, a you know a, a creature feature in 1988 but I do mm-hmm. feel like um there is a, char- a sort of a maybe of a more character-centric version of the story that I think would have landed better um for right. me as a as a viewer but that's in 2023. Mm-hmm. um where obviously the horror genre has moved into that direction where it's more right. character driven um which is why i mean it what i mean by you know uh horror uh horror history working against it at this point in 2023 right. um where things that we might expect or want from our horror films are not in this movie what it does is some uh, is a lot of fun but it does feel uneven if that makes sense. Yeah, I get
2: it. When you see see a movie like The Mist, you can see these people being in peril, but also flush out more of what their storyline is and how it could be problematic for the people's survival and that. So I could see that definitely being something that you could infuse into this storyline a little bit better, flush Mm -hmm. out those characters a little bit more. But uh, overall, I, I it was pretty satisfying for me because I know that these, right. uh, these people are going to get eaten by the blob. So I don't really need a whole, <laughs> you know, right. whole arc,
1: right.
2: arc about like where the, you know, the preacher came from and like, you know,
1: yeah, you know. no, the point, the point of this movie is the blob.
2: Yeah. It's right. the title he, of the he,
1: movie. He's the main character. He's what brought uh, you to the show. Yeah. And so I, I, I do appreciate that. And I, I accept it. Um, It's just that it, what, what didn't quite land for me was i'm like i don't care about any of these people but right. i don't but at the same time they're not asking me to not really uh because mm-hmm. the point of this is the blob eats people and there's special effects and it's gnarly and it's grisly and um and the film has a a, a very quick pace it's very um it's very interested in in invoking that 1950s americana feel and then kind of skewering it by 1988 right. standards it's got a sense of humor um it's mm-hmm. definitely tongue-in-cheek it's got all that going for it um and all of that works it does but uh yeah it's just it's just it, it's just doesn't quite feel like it it it's quite complete right. i think um but but i dig it i dig it um yeah I dig its sense of humor. I dig its, uh, you know, it, that was the part that I was really digging on at the beginning in the first act where I was like, oh, it's it basically is uh, in small town America in 1988. It's still 1958. You right. know, it's uh, and the only guy who's not following the rules of 1958 is Flack. You know, he's up to no good. Yeah. Um, but everything else is still cornball Americana. Right. You know, the, the sheriff is still flirting with the the diner owner uh football players okay. are still dating the cheerleaders right. the you know um i like the uh i don't don't quite know what to make of it but i like the idea of um it's something that maybe does work a little bit better in 2023 is mm. this is a ski town with no snow right um i really like that idea and they're like yeah. where where kevin dillon even says at the beginning like this town is dying and no one notices right. um, is such an interesting idea. Again, it's not really played out. I don't think much in no. the narrative, but by 2023 standards, I'm like, what a fascinating idea that we're talking about global warming, essentially in 1988, where right. our entire town's economy is in danger of dying because we aren't getting enough snow Um yeah. is such a fascinating idea. And I love the idea of a ski town being a, a main uh, aesthetic. Yeah. You know? Um, but of course, the only time the only way it's actually serviced is the whole like snow machine, like that's how they beat the blob in the end is the uh, right. uh, uh snow maker uh fluid. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's um, I do I I, I liked that, but it's it's it, it's an interesting idea of uh, uh of playing with the resort town. I I've always I mean like Jaws works for that reason too. Like I love the right. idea of the town's livelihood is at stake um as well like that's an interesting concept to 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 delve into Mm
0: -hmm. it was kind of weird like for me taking a break from watching twin peaks to to watch this like it's because they both have that kind of you know nostalgic edge to it but not really nostalgic but skewering at the same time
1: yeah yeah oh that's david lynch's (laughs) mo yeah right yeah yeah. uh, yeah um americana Right, that is so it was, uh, it was,
0: a lie. Yeah, right. It was it was just weird to take a break from you know that to to watch this and you know my brain's still kind of in Twin Peaks mode in a lot of ways and you know like like wait what I want to see more of the uh, soap opera going on in this town you know so, yeah.
3: it's yeah yeah
0: now uh, Terry you said you grew up you know watching these kind of like creature features from back in the day and stuff like that how does this hold up as like a more modern interpretation of, of a creature feature? uh like tremors or, or the like
2: uh, i think it works uh fairly well i mean like mm-hmm. you know you got you got your creature the special right. effects on it were done i think incredibly well for what they had in budget and mm-hmm. you know it's it ha- it there's no like no real sheen to this so it's like when you watch a film like this you want it to be kind of a grittier storyline you want this right. thing to feel like it's in your backyard and this does, like, this feels like something that truly could happen. And I think that brings more terror to something like this in its presentation, because it's like, right. the, the government are sometimes the bad guys, if not all, all the time. Frequently, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and like, the possibility of a, a, a super virus coming from outer space mm-hmm. is, this could definitely happen, you know, maybe yeah, not right. in our lifetime, but it, it is something that feels real. It feels like I can take a date to go see this movie and we both walk out and be like, oh shit, that that could really happen.
1: Like, yeah. Right, wow, I know? don't trust our government. Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 <laughs> like that's the power of this film too. It's not just that it's a monster, you know, kicking the shit out of people. It's right. something that feels more aligned with
1: reality. So you think the um the the addition of the uh <laughs> government stooges as villains is effective? for this film uh versus yeah Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. i i could see i mean either one of those could happen you know okay because we don't know you know what's going on in outer space we don't i mean yeah right i think some of the best storylines for horror are things that are unknown you know like what there could be something that would come here and destroy us all because we're not even prepared for it look how much damage a virus did to us about three years ago Mm -hmm. right for you sure know, when you're not when you're not prepared and you see some shit that you never had a plan for, that's mm-hmm. when it's terrifying you know and I said so, yeah. yeah I think I think that the government spin actually works out it works to the to the storylines uh um uh at a at a brilliant level because I think that like you know the Reagan era and knowing like how how poorly the government was being uh you know handling certain situations mm, yeah. it just it, bring, it brings to mind like yes we could be plotter for them just to try to figure out what this thing is and how to use it against somebody else right right yeah yeah it's, yeah, it's yeah, a no.
0: nice and inver- it's a nice inversion of you know the old trope of like okay well once the government gets here we'll, we'll be okay you know and they the, make it the worse and the, yeah they they actually compound the problem you know on purpose um not even you know not even just you know bumbling through it they're just they're there to make the problem actively,
1: actively involved. involved. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. And, no, that's all all yeah. they
1: need is that one line of uh this put us way ahead of the Russians, you know. Right. And then I'm like, yes. oh yeah, okay. Like, yeah, yes. this makes sense, you know, especially yeah. in '88 when they're but or 2023. We don't mm-hmm. still don't like the Russians. Um, but yeah, the the idea that the government would be like, well, if we send up bacteria into space, let's see what happens. And it comes back, right. and it's actually this highly corrosive monster that eats people and we even have death from supernatural show up to be like right. you know this will kill everyone you realize and they're like yep who cares we'll contain it right. um we're going to weaponize it um is is very um very reality uh that right. the government would would not uh think of the safety of its own civilians over its uh utility um right. you know that does work uh for sure i just it's what i guess what i more mean is like is the addition of another antagonist
2: mm-hmm.
1: um in in kind of midway through the film does that work better than maybe say the original film which didn't have that um right uh obviously times change and you know in that 30 years distrust of mm-hmm. the government was way higher i mean you mentioned reagan uh reagan um right. you know um that uh the the narratively speaking for this film specifically the addition of uh another of a human antagonist works for for both of you yeah
2: i think so yeah i think i think i think it heightens the problem i think it takes whatever the problem is and takes it up a couple of notches because now it's like even these guys who are the most bad mofos that could help us now we see that this is a bigger problem for even for them you know it's yeah. like when we right. turn to living dead and when the situation becomes out of hand it's like shit this is a real thing now who do we contact who could even possibly help us now it's like mm-hmm. no one there's no one left you yeah. know it's like it so does think, help I think, yeah i think with that layering there it not only like heightens it for the storyline and thickens it up a little bit but it, it just makes you. It makes the idea that the you know there's a, that corrupt government thing that's there. Like you know, there's been movies that have done it better. You know, it's like you know, it's a, you know, a virus of some sort. You know, like uh, if right. it's 28 days later or something like that, yeah, right. or uh, you know, 12 monkeys. It's like the, the shit is happening. It's it's like yeah. but it's just like It's just a different presentation. And I think that they uh, they did a good job of like. Upping the ante when it comes to the problem and how problematic it can be. Yeah. No, I mean, that I, was a really long winded way. To no, no, say no, no, no. I know.
1: <laughs> I, I think you're right. And I, I mean, the more I think about it now, I'm also thinking like it does help Flagland. Um, right. You know, his anti authority bent. He doesn't trust them to begin with. um You know, they say we're here to help. And he's like, uh, the, the door on the truck is locked. That's not a good sign. Right. Um, you know, uh, where Shawnee Smith's like, they're here to help us. And he's like, no, they're not. They're never here to help. Um, and they're armed to it, the
2: teeth. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 It does help him land. I, I do think that it may have landed better if Flag were a more interesting character. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I think maybe that's, maybe maybe more of the antagonist being added is the better part of it. And maybe Flag just doesn't work. Um, but I, I do like the scene of, um, you know, the Colonel, uh, uh, our Imperial officer from, uh uh the star wars holiday special right. doesn't want to <laughs> shoot flag the scientist wants to shoot flag the military guy actually doesn't want to shoot flag um right. which is an interesting point uh to make is that the actual government guy the military guy is like shooting civilians i don't think that's a good idea at all and the mm-hmm. scientist being like do it um you know the the what's important is the asset um right is such an interesting is an interesting dynamic um and um Uh and I do give it give it to um I gotta look up his name here because I want to make sure I call him out because he was great. Um uh uh where's his name? Joe Seneca as Dr. Meadows. Mm. Um his speech to death from supernatural about you know, this is on me, uh is a great speech. And um it, it definitely establishes a solid villain. Um, where he's uh the best kind of villain is the one that claims he's in the right that he's righteous right. that he's uh that he's doing this for you um you know that's the best kind of villain and I think Dr Meadows lands it um and it's great to watch him die you know he gets him get eaten by the blob um you know it's uh it, it's a good it's a good bit it's a good scene
3: mm-hmm.
1: yeah so anything else we want to talk about before we wrap up I'm um, good.
0: No, okay. yeah. Terry. Anything else we wanted to hit on this?
2: Well, no. I just think it's a it's a it's a fun movie. Uh, if anybody right. who's listening to this discussion right now has not seen it or the original, I think right. it's, it's something that you can you can put on and just have fun with your friends and just like right. it's somewhat of a spectacle. You know,
1: it's oh, like, I definitely yeah. agree with that. If you're not, yeah. you're not looking for high art when it comes to this yeah. film, but it is a hell of a lot right. of fun. No, I absolutely agree with that. It's it's definitely a a, a good um. Actually, all of the movies we're talking about this month make good background movies. Like, you right. don't necessarily have to pay too much attention to what's happening on screen. Um, but you'll have a good time when you do look up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, um, but yeah, no, I, I, I yeah. do agree. It's a, it's a fun creature feature. So, Terry, before right. we wrap up, why don't you tell us about, um, your podcast? You've been on many times, but you might as well, mm-hmm. um, tell whoever's listening about, uh, where to find you and what you do. Yeah. So, uh, uh my, uh, podcasting partner
2: Paul and I we do a podcast um, called uh, Strange Highways and we mostly focus on the Twilight Zone Uh, we've covered everything from the original series all five seasons Uh, we've covered the Jordan Peele stuff Uh, and now we're into the 80s version of it and it, it it is something to be held uh, <laughs> to to uh to a degree where you just don't want to put it as high art either uh, but you know right. there's some fun stuff in there um yeah. but yeah we record that uh weekly um and we also dive into other stuff uh you know the hitcher we did that was one of our one of our better discussions that we had about some stuff uh, we did a lot of creep show um so yeah right. that's, that's that's our mission statement though is cover all the twilight zone and Go from there.
1: Yeah,
0: no. I think I've asked this of Paul, but I don't know if I've asked this of you. Like seeing your the uh, the weekly, you know, updates about um, strange highways and stuff. It seems like there's a lot more like hard to get through segments in the 80s series. Is that is that true, or is it is is it just like my misconception that there's a lot I, more I would bad say that, sequences than than good?
2: I, I yeah, it's it's hard to say if it's like a 50 or whatever, but there are some very poorly executed um right. storylines and that and uh but yeah it's like you know the original series had had some big misses as well so right, you know, we're, we're not putting one on uh, on a pedestal over the other but i would say that their hit rate for the original mm-hmm. series was far better than what
1: the 80s is to this point uh, matheson wasn't still writing in the 80s was he richard matheson. no but they
2: they yeah. um they were done um or he was done rather and but there are some uh I think there were some like remakes of some of his storylines.
3: Yeah.
2: We haven't we're we're in season two right now, so and we just kind of started that. So we're only in about three episodes of that. But yeah. each 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 segment in the eighties version, if not all of them, um mm-hmm. have one or two or three storylines. So we, we're trying to do each um segment uh per episode, so we're breaking okay. it down.
1: That's good. That makes sense. Yeah, we got Very we cool. got a
2: we got a long ride ahead of, ahead of us too.
1: Right.
2: <laughs> How many
0: seasons did that that show run?
2: Uh, the the eighties version was three seasons. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, and then is they that two thousands one too? Right. Oh, okay. The, the Forrest, so there's the
0: Forrest Whitaker one.
2: Yep. Oh, that's right. I totally he forgot cornded, about that. Cornded cornded the, one. did the the theme song. Are you right. kidding? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's not a joke. The no, that is that is the God's honest truth. Oh, my yeah. God. Okay. In the 80s version, um, it's uh, the Grateful Dead They do, Oh, no they way. They do like <laughs> okay. all the music.
1: Okay. Right. That's odd. Um, but I learned yeah. something today. And right. as as Troy from Unity might say, you wrinkled my brain. Um, <laughs> that's insane. Corn. <laughs> yep. That's
0: got to be the most 2000s thing you've ever heard all day, you know
1: absolutely oh, yeah. uh corn doing doing music for twilight zone um we, now we, i've we heard referenced
2: everything atreyu and we
1: reference corn so yeah right. yeah no, i can uh i can uh, if i get hit by a car on the way to work i know mm-hmm. i've had a good run because now <laughs> i know corn right. did the music for the night for the 2000s twilight Zone. um holy shit well what a note to end on um right. So, uh, as always, i like to say, um, thank you very much for listening. We remind you to keep it positive, keep it constructive, love yourself, love your fellow horror fans, um, and, uh, and be nice to each other. Um, uh, the world uh, and social media world is actually actively worse than it's probably ever been um, as of right now. Um, right. And, um, and uh, that's making a lot of uh, conversation on social media ugly as shit so um please keep in mind to to be nice to each other um and myself included you know we all got to be nicer um so with that we'll say thank you very much good night and namaste